Our whole world is sitting there on a computer. It's in the computer. Everything. It's all right there. Everyone is stored and there's like this little electronic shadow on each and every one of us just begging for somebody to screw with. You are talking about the nonsensical ravings of a lunatic mind. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. All righty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am GamerDude. Glad to have you with us for another episode of Stories. Today we're talking about superstitions and weird things we all believe. And you know we have these beliefs. You know we all have these weird things we rely on. I grew up believing a whole bunch of weird stuff. And I have no excuse for it except I was a dumb kid. What can I tell you? But you hear stuff when you're growing up and you believe it. Or you start believing it. Or you think about it and you start making connections. And I think that's a function of our mind looking for a reason why things happen, whether it's good luck or bad luck. And I've looked into it a little bit. I mean, you know, I'm a research nerd. I'm a word nerd. I need to know why things work the way they do. So I did some research on superstitions and I found out, yeah, there's some explanations for them. But a lot of times a superstition is based on what they call confirmation bias. What does that mean? Well, something happens and something else goes along with it. So it in your mind confirms that it is connected somehow. I know that sounds really weird, doesn't it? Well, people's minds are weird and people are weird. And to prove that I'm no exception to the people are weird thing, if you haven't caught on to that by now, by the way, you should go back and listen to some of the past episodes because I'm definitely weird. And the things that I've believed in over the years will definitely establish that and confirm it for you if you had any doubt up to now. Now, the granddaddy of all the superstitions, as far as I'm concerned... And this is by no means a definitive list, by the way. This is my list of superstitions, stuff I've believed in or stuff I've heard of. Friday the 13th is the granddaddy of all the superstitions. Everybody has always said Friday the 13th is an unlucky day. That's the one big superstition that I heard of as I was a kid. All the kids would talk about it. Oh, it's Friday the 13th. And this is where you pick up your stuff at school. You pick it up from your friends. You pick it up from the kids in the neighborhood. Your parents don't sit down and have the Friday the 13th talk with you. Well, son, Friday the 13th is a day we don't go out of the house. That doesn't happen. You pick it up from your friends, and this is where you hear the stuff. And that's where I heard it from my friends. And it was always in school, and it was always from the kids talking about, oh, it's a bad luck day, don't do anything dangerous, be aware, blah, 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 blah. I never actually believed that. I never actually had any problems with Friday the 13th. It was just another day to me. But I was aware that other people believed it was a bad luck day. So, you know, I said, yeah, whatever. And it's weird that I could dismiss Friday the 13th, considering some of the other stuff that I believed in. For instance, if Friday the 13th is the granddaddy of them all, the find a penny superstition is the grandmommy of them all. Because that's something that I remember even more so than Friday the 13th. The phrase, and I, I don't remember where I heard this one either, but find a penny, pick it up, and all that day you'll have good luck. I remember that one too, and I believe that one. And I don't know why. Maybe I believe in good luck more than bad luck. Maybe it's because my parents taught me the value of a penny, let alone a dollar. But to this day, if I see a penny, I will pick it up and believe that all that day I'll have good luck. Now, I don't know why. But it's just something that I've always believed. Now, another one that I've always believed is the don't walk under a ladder. 
Walking under a ladder is bad luck. And when I was a kid, I believed that too. Again, I don't know why, but walking under a ladder, they told me it was bad luck, so I never walked under a ladder. Now, as I got older, there's a reasonable basis for that, actually. There's there's safety involved. You don't want to be the guy walking under a ladder and knocking the guy on the ladder off the ladder. But even if there's nobody on the ladder, you're not supposed to walk under a ladder. It's bad luck. So I actually tried to figure out why it would be bad luck. And there's an ancient story about how the ladder leaning against a wall forms a triangle. And the triangle is a sign of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And if you walk under a ladder, you're breaking the triangle and thus bringing bad luck on yourself. But for a 10-year-old kid, it was just smart not to walk under a ladder. And I truly believe that walking under a ladder was bad luck, so I never did it. Don't do it to this day. Now, we talked about this next one in my episode about Balderdash and Poppycock. Knock on wood. I've always believed that too. Knock on wood. Knock on wood for good luck. Because you want to wake the spirits up and they would protect you from bad luck. So I always knock on wood. I've always believed that too. Along with wish on a wishbone. We always had turkey dinner for Thanksgiving. And we always fought over who was going to get the wishbone. And the reason is because if you got the wishbone, you got a chance to make a wish on the wishbone. And I always believed that if you wished on a wishbone, you had a really good chance that it would come true. Now, it always had to be a dried wishbone. It couldn't be fresh off the turkey. My dad gave this one to us. This isn't one we picked up on the street. This is one my dad gave to us. We, we had to dry out the wishbone before we could wish on the wishbone. And so he would carefully carve the turkey and he'd carve out the wishbone every year. And then it would sit on the windowsill over the sink for about a week so that it could properly dry because a fresh wishbone won't break when you have two people pulling on it. You have to have it nice and dry. And then the way the wishbone superstition went is that the person who got the largest half of the wishbone would get their wish. Now, I don't remember ever actually getting the wish that I made on the wishbone and having it come true, but I believed that it would. Maybe it was because my dad told me about it. Maybe it was just one of those things that you saw in cartoons and read about in books. You make a wish on the wishbone and it's going to come true. So I believed it. But oddly... I never believed the wish on a birthday cake superstition. Because we all know that one too. When you have a birthday cake, you have to blow out the candles. But before you blow out the candles, you're supposed to make a wish. And you can't tell anybody what the wish is because then it won't come true. And on top of that, you have to blow out the candles all in one breath. Because if you take two breaths, then your wish won't come true. Now that was the birthday tradition. Blow out the candles and make a wish. But I never believed that wish one. I always believed the wishbone one. I told you, I have a weird little mind. Now, another superstition. Always believed it. Crossing fingers. Always believed that crossing your fingers for somebody is good luck. Now, again, there's a history to crossing fingers. It goes back to early Christianity. When you cross your fingers, supposedly you're making something akin to the sign of the cross because you have the two arms and the vertical pole and it looks like a cross and so crossing the fingers is said to symbolize the cross and anything associated with early christianity was supposed to be lucky so crossing your fingers goes back to the early days of christianity but to this day still signifies good luck and i do that i'll cross my fingers for somebody i'll tell somebody i've got my fingers crossed for you it's supposed to be a good luck charm and so i do it 
to this day, I do it. Again, I don't know why. It's just one of those things that I've picked up and that I hold on to and have for years. Now, another early one that I remember, and this is from my parents, don't open umbrellas in the house. It's supposed to be bad luck. I think it's probably also a safety thing because when you open an umbrella in the house, everybody's in a closed space and you take a chance of poking somebody's eye out when that thing pops open. But I was taught from an early age, don't open an umbrella in the house. So I don't. But there's lots of things that happen in the house that are supposed to be bad luck. Some I believe and some I don't. Breaking a mirror, seven years bad luck. Do I believe that? Uh, Yeah. You know, I hate to say it, but I kind of do. So I don't ever like to break a mirror. Now, why is it seven years bad luck? Well, seven has always been a lucky number or an unlucky number. So it's one of those standard numbers they use. Three and seven were always early good luck numbers or bad luck numbers, depending on what the context is. So seven years bad luck for breaking a mirror is a long period of time, but that's one of those magical numbers. And the reason you're supposed to have bad luck is, and this goes back to the early days of when they thought that a mirror actually holds bits of your soul when you look into it. So if you're looking into it and you break it, you've shattered pieces of your soul. And for seven years, you're going to have bad luck because of that. But there are possible cures for that. You can reverse the curse, as it were. And I didn't know this until years later, because yes, I did research this kind of thing. (laughs) In case you have bad luck, how can I erase the bad luck? Let me think. There must be a cure. So yeah, I looked up the cure. They're just as weird as the seven years bad luck for breaking a mirror. But, (laughs) and you can write this down in case you break a mirror. If you take a piece of the broken mirror and go to a nearby cemetery and rub the piece of the broken mirror on a tombstone, that's supposed to reverse the curse. Or if you don't have a cemetery nearby, you can take the broken piece of mirror and grind it up into a powder and sprinkle it to the wind. And then that'll make your seven years of bad luck go away. And I'm sure you can hear the smile in my voice because as I say this, I know how ridiculous the belief is. I know it makes no sense. An educated person sitting here saying, yep, I'm going to get seven years bad luck for breaking that mirror. But our minds are weird. And that's one of the things that's stuck in my head. By the way, I have not gone to a tombstone and rubbed a broken mirror on it. I have not gone that far. But in case I ever need to reverse the curse, at least I know how to do it. Now, there are other superstitions that I I just never bought into. I never got them, which is going to sound weird from the guy who just said, yeah, if I break a mirror, I'm going to have seven years bad luck. But I I know as I sit here talking about it, it sounds ridiculous even to me. And this is my stuff. I know it's in my head and it doesn't make logical sense, but it's there for a reason and it's just nothing I can do about it. So I just live with this. This is what I live with, what's swirling around in my head. So I think it's logical to have seven years of bad luck for breaking a mirror, but I think it's totally illogical for people to believe that a rabbit's foot brings you luck. Yeah, I can't justify that reasoning either. As much as I try to sit here and figure it out, I can't justify it. A rabbit's foot brings good luck? Why? Why? I've looked it up. It, it, even the explanations don't make sense. And when it comes right down to it, maybe it'll bring you good luck, but it sure wasn't lucky for that poor rabbit, now was it? I think that's the thing that bothers me the most. Something that's supposed to bring you good luck was really bad luck for the rabbit because he had the foot and now he doesn't. So I never got that one. Another animal-related one is the black cat. Black cats crossing your path are supposed to be bad luck. Now, this goes back to the days when people believed in witches and witches and their 
Familiars is what they were called, were black cats. So a black cat was a witch's familiar, and if a black cat crossed your path, it was a sign that there was bad luck heading your way. Now, I never believed that, maybe because I didn't believe in witches, but I never, I've never been bothered by a black cat. I've never seen the logic behind the black cat one. And yet, I do see the logic in keeping garlic and holy water nearby, just in case a vampire happens by. I know, I'm very, very weird. I don't really believe that there are vampires. I really don't believe that there are vampires. But I do keep garlic in the house, just in case. And if I don't have actual clothes with garlic, I know exactly where the garlic powder is, because I figure even a sprinkling of garlic powder will probably be worth something. Maybe it'll make the vampire sneeze. But at least I've got something garlicky in the house, just in case the non-existent vampire makes his way into the house. And by the way, you're not supposed to invite vampires into the house. If you invite them in, then they can come in and bite you. But if you don't invite them in, they can't come in. Is that a superstition or is that a weird belief? It's just weird, I know. But seriously, just in case you think somebody you know might have been turned into a vampire and they're asking to be invited into your house, don't do it. And go get the garlic powder. Now, I mentioned the magic numbers of three and seven. Three was a bad luck number because bad luck was supposed to come in threes. And it's just from the grouping of things in groups of threes that dates way back to whether it's American folklore or early Christianity or whatever the basis for it is. Three is an unlucky number. Bad luck and deaths are supposed to come in threes. I'm sure you've heard that. If two bad things happen, you better be careful because the third one is going to happen. If two people you know die, best be careful because a third one is going to be dead soon. If a famous person dies, if two famous people die, you can bet people are going to talk about, well, somebody else is going to go pretty soon too. I've never really believed that. Although, you know, if you look around, you can see it. If you look really hard, is that really the superstition coming true or is that just confirmation bias? I've never really bought into that one, but that's one of those that's kind of, I'm kind of on the border about. Then there's the itchy palm superstition. Have you heard this one? I know as I go through these, I'm getting a little more obscure. Not everybody knows all of these lesser known superstitions. If you have an itchy right palm, it means you're going to come into money. If you have an itchy left palm, it means you're going to meet someone. But if you scratch the itch, that means you're going to ruin it. You're not going to get the money or you're not going to meet someone. I don't know where this comes from, but I heard this as a kid. I never really believed it because my hands always seemed to be itchy and I was always scratching because I was a little boy always scratching. But I'd heard, and maybe it was my grandmother, I don't remember who told me this. Oh, your hand is itching? That means you're going to get money. Never happened for me. Now, another one of the traditional superstitions that I actually believe in is the horseshoe one. If you find a horseshoe, you'll get good luck. And if you happen upon the lost horseshoe as you're walking along and the open end of the horseshoe is pointing at you, that means you're going to get an abundance of good luck. And you should hang the horseshoe over your door, over your barn door, somewhere on your house. But you always want to hang the horseshoe with the open end pointing up. Because if you hang it with the open end pointing down, you're going to pour out all that good luck. So don't do that. Make sure you hang it with the horseshoe pointing up. And do I believe that one? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of do. Not really, but if I find a horseshoe and I keep it, I always hang it up with the open end pointing up. Because why take a chance? 
Now, another one of those old superstitions that I actually believe and I do to this day is bread and butter. Who remembers bread and butter? Who knows what bread and butter is? It's something you're supposed to say if you're walking along the street with a friend or your wife or your girlfriend or somebody you're close with. If you're walking along and a telephone pole is on the sidewalk and each of you walks on a different side of the telephone pole. In other words, you're walking together and the pole separates you and you have to split up. As you pass it, you're supposed to say bread and butter. Why? You avert bad luck. You avert something coming between you and whoever you're with. I don't know where it comes from, but I just know that I always say bread and butter. Even if I don't say it out loud, I mutter it in my head. Bread and butter. And Mrs. Gamer Dude knows this well because we never separate when we're walking down the street. If we actually have to get separated by somebody cutting through us, always in the back of my mind, bread and butter. I know I'm weird, right? It's just the way my mind works. Certain things have stuck, and that's what I believe. Now, on top of all these traditional superstitions, we all have our own superstitions. We all have the things that have developed over the years that we do for good luck, or we do to avert bad luck. Now, this one is partly a superstition, but partly it's probably OCD. I'm a lock checker. Before I go to bed at night, I have to check every lock in the house. I know that I've locked them. I lock them when I come in the door. I never leave a lock unlocked if I'm in the house. But before I go to bed, I go check anyway. Is it a superstition? Is it OCD? It's just one of those things that I've adopted over the years. Another is if I'm rooting for a sporting event and my team is playing in the sporting event and I'm sitting in a particular spot on the couch or sitting in a particular chair and my team is doing well or rallies from behind or something good is happening to the team, I can't leave that seat. Logically, I know that's insane. Logically, it doesn't matter if the Jets just scored a touchdown and I'm sitting on the end of the couch. If I get up, it's not going to change the fortunes of the team. Logically, I know that. But somewhere in my animal brain, the superstitions kick in and say, you have to stay there. You can't move. The Jets will lose if you move. So there I sit. It doesn't go so far as to having to eat the same snack food if the Jets win a game the next time they play. But some people carry it that far. But for me, it's just sitting on a spot on the couch. If I'm sitting there, I have to stay sitting there. If I want the team to win. If I don't care, I can get up and move. As it turns out over the years, it really hasn't made that much of a difference with the Jets. No matter where I sit, no matter what I eat, they just continue to disappoint. But I think that's probably just the way the Jets are. Yeah, I've got a lot of weird things in my head, don't I? I'm going to leave you with one more here. I have this travel binder. It's a leather portfolio that I got years ago. And every time we plan a trip, I print out the itinerary. I print out the address of the hotel, the phone numbers, the description of the room, whatever paperwork we need. I print it out and I clip it all in this leather binder. And I've used the same leather binder for literally decades. It's not particularly handy. It's not particularly attractive. It's a hunk of leather that you can put papers in and clip things in there. And I use it for every trip. I don't even remember why I started using it. I just did. But now I can never take a trip without it. And I can never take a trip without putting all the paperwork in that leather binder. Why? Well, somewhere along the line, I got it in my head that this is my lucky leather binder. 
Every trip I've ever had where I've taken this leather binder has been a safe, comfortable, fun, enjoyable trip. And so I use that binder as my travel binder. I don't use it for anything else. I keep it in my suitcase or my backpack, whichever I'm taking on the trip. And at the end of the trip, I empty all the paperwork out. I put the binder back in my travel bag or back in my travel backpack so that I always know where it is and I use that binder the next time we're traveling. And it's been that way for years. Yeah, I have a weird little mind. Anyway, (laughs) that's going to do it for this episode of Storytime. Thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate you taking the time to listen to these stories and share my memories and take part in my neuroses. You guys are the best. Until next time, you take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.